Evening guys, welcome to another Wednesday midweek study. Today we are going to be in John, surprisingly enough. So where we've been for the past few weeks, well, few months, um, few years, yeah. Anyway, um, before we uh, get stuck in, before we even do a recap, uh, we'll just pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us, that you care for us. We thank you that you desire to have a relationship with us. We pray that as we go through your word tonight, that you would speak to each and every one of us about uh, the things that we need to hear. Whether it be um, what we're going to be uh, speaking about specifically, just um, what uh, you've uh, spoken to me about, what I'm going to be sharing about, um, or whether it's just something uh, that you want to pick out for uh, each and every one of us individually. We ask that you'd speak to us by your Holy Spirit and that you'd give me the words to say and that you'd hold me back from saying things that um, I plan to say but that you don't want me to say. So, uh, Father, we just pray that you would, uh, you'd speak tonight through uh, the power of your Spirit, through the power of your Word that is living and active. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we began chapter 17 of uh, the Gospel of John. Jesus picked up in chapter 17, obviously, at the time. He wasn't addressing it. All right, guys, now it's going to be chapter 17 and continues on. No, uh, this is a continuation of what's been happening the past, you know, many chapters, in fact, uh, where Jesus is with his disciples and he's been sharing with them. And then last week we got into uh, the next little part of their time together where Jesus is now praying for them. He's been sharing about all these different things and now he's praying for his disciples have, as looking at those things saying, you guys can be prepared, great, but you guys need prayer above all. So we were talking a little bit about prayer last week and the need for that. So if you want to hear more about that, go to last week's teaching. Uh, but this week we're going to be picking up in verse 6 which says, I have revealed you, this is Jesus speaking, I have revealed you, the Father, to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it, and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. So, we will go a little bit more on that as well, but to pick up just on that little bit, Jesus has revealed the Father to his disciples. And having given the, uh, he's been given the disciples by the Father. He went and he spoke to these guys and he was like, hey, buddy, you want to come follow me? Hey, you, you want to come follow me? Hey, you, you're collecting taxes, but you want to come follow me? Hey, you, you're a fisher of, you know, all these fish. So, you're a fisherman, yeah, that's the word. Um, why don't you come follow me and be a fisher of men? So Jesus has gone and uh, he spent time in prayer with the Father and the Father has given these guys to him. So, having been given the disciples by the Father and knowing what he's been sent to the world to accomplish, Jesus revealed the Father to his disciples. He had such this intimate relationship with the Father, he is sharing about that 
with his disciples. And it's a delight for Jesus to be able to share about the one he, who he has been with throughout all of eternity. It's a delight for him to be able to share with the Father with his disciples. He has revealed the Father to his disciples. Colossians 1 verse 15 speaks a little bit more on that as well. It says that he is the visible image of the invisible God. That in the disciples getting to know Jesus, they're also getting to know the Father. That Jesus is speaking about the Father, but Jesus is also living in a way that reveals the characteristics of the Father. He's revealing the Father in word, by what he's saying, and in action as well, in how he's living, by his teachings and by how he's lived. His disciples then accepted this. They accepted uh, who the Father was and they believed in Jesus Christ. They believed and they trusted in Jesus as being who he said he was and who he revealed himself to be. They trusted him and they followed him as they recognized that he was from the Father. They recognized him as God in the flesh, as who he was. Jesus was that perfect, and he still is, that perfect example to reveal the Father to his disciples. The perfect example for them to follow and to know God by. They knew Jesus, and so because they knew Jesus, they knew the Father. Because Jesus was so incredibly accurately reflecting who the Father is. Jesus then says of them that they have kept the Father's word as he's speaking to the Father in prayer. Now, we may look at that and initially we may think, they've kept the word like they've been they've been perfect they've been the you know the golden boys they've been all good well the fact is they may not have been perfect but they have followed in obedience they may have messed up they may have done those different things but they have continued following jesus in that obedient discipleship and coming to jesus saying hey messed up uh, i'm sorry um, I'd still like to continue following you, you know? And it wasn't a massive ordeal for Jesus to be like, you know what? You messed up again. You can't keep doing that, buddy. You, one more strike and you're out. You know, you don't read of Jesus doing that. His disciples messed up and he's like, hey, deal with it. And then continue going on. And he, he continues discipling those disciples who we may look at and be like, man, I wonder what he was like to, you know, f to walk alongside him. You know, I wonder what it felt like for Jesus to have to deal with this person always being like this or like that. They've placed themselves, the disciples, placed themselves under the discipleship of Jesus. And they walked in obedience to who Jesus was and to who he revealed himself to be. And verse 9 goes on to say, my prayer is not for the world but for those you have given to me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Jesus prays for his disciples specifically. Now, going off of what we've just been talking about, that Jesus said, hey, they've kept your word, because they were just walking in obedience. They placed themselves under the discipleship of Jesus and continued following in obedience Although they may have messed up at times, and although they may not have been completely perfect, they continued following after Jesus. 
they continued saying, hey, sorry about that. But I want to I wanna keep following you. They continued that relationship, that discipleship relationship with Jesus. And Jesus says here that he's not praying for the world, but he's praying for his disciples. He's praying for those who are going to be going into the world, those people who he is sending out as his disciples to say, hey, go share about me as I have shared about the Father. He's praying for those going into the world that they may impact the world through Christ, by Christ, and with the gospel. The disciples are going into the world not with all of these amazing answers to all the questions, not having been completely perfect, but being men who said, I have followed Jesus, and I want to share about Jesus, because I love Jesus, and you need Jesus just as much as I need Jesus. They're not going out with all the answers to all the questions, but with the power of God and with their relationship to him. They kept the word and they were obedient to Christ's discipleship. And that's what Jesus is saying here. And they did that as Jesus revealed the Father to them, that they continually saw the Father through Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is God. And so they would go out into the world to reflect the Father by reflecting Christ. As Christ has revealed the Father to them, so they can be image bearers of God. To say, hey, this I, I'm just a man, but I've been impacted by the most amazing being ever in existence. I've been impacted by Jesus Christ, and he has changed my life, and he has come into the world to save humanity from its sin. And so I am speaking to you, whoever it is, you know, those disciples are able to go into the world equipped with the blessing of having followed Jesus. And just as Christ revealed the Father, the disciples were to reveal Christ. And likewise, we're to reveal Christ as well. It's not just us looking at the disciples and saying, yeah, great job, guys. But it's for us to say, hey, just as the disciples revealed Christ, it's now my turn to reveal Christ, to bring glory to him through that. But in order to do that, we must first come to the Lord and place ourselves under his discipleship. We must first give our lives to him by accepting and trusting what Christ has done upon the cross. We have to walk in obedience to his word. We have to bring ourselves in humility under the discipleship of the Lord saying, hey, Lord, I want to walk in obedience to you. Please teach me as I, I don't know how to do this. I need a savior. I need Jesus Christ. And I need him not simply just for salvation, but I need him in order to live in a manner that is going to help me to live in a way that pleases you. So um, it's walking in obedience to his word as we now have a right relationship with him through Christ's death upon the cross. And it's by that, it's by coming to him, by placing ourselves under his discipleship, it's by um, putting ourselves forward as those living sacrifices that we are transformed as we continually come to him, as we continue spending time with him, as we continue uh, walking in obedience with his word. We have 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, which speaks of that. And the latter part says, And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him 
as we are changed into his glorious image. As we are changed by his Holy Spirit, as we place ourselves in obedient discipleship to God. He then helps us to glorify him by us revealing Jesus, just as Jesus revealed the Father. 2 Corinthians 3 uh, verses 12 to 18 speaks of kind of the whole picture of what we're talking about there. It says, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We're not like Moses, and this is speaking of the new covenant, speaking of how this is actually Jesus Christ doing the work upon the cross, and so us simply trusting upon the finished work of the cross. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him, as we are changed into his glorious image. We can reflect Jesus Christ by word and by action, just as Jesus was reflecting the Father by word and by action. And sure, we're not going to do it anywhere near as well as Jesus was doing it with the Father. But it is our endeavour to be able to reflect Christ. For us to be able to look at, for other people to look at us and to say, that's not normal. That's a little bit like the Jesus Christ that you speak about. You're living in a different way to the rest of the world. And we do that by what we say and how we live. And what we say is we, we need to be sharing Christ. Romans 10 verse 14 says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? We can't simply use the excuse of saying, well, I mean, we live in England, you know, everybody's heard the gospel, everybody's heard about Jesus. True, a lot of people have heard about Jesus. But the truth is, what have people been taught about Jesus? Have they been, tr have they been taught the truth about Jesus? The reality is, I even grew up with parents who were Christians going to churches where at times some of the churches that we went to weren't sharing the full gospel. And that's the reality of the situation that we live in. Not every person who speaks about Jesus is going to be sharing the truth, the full truth. They might share, Jesus loves you, but are they going to share about sin? Are they going to share about our need for who Jesus, for Jesus, our need for a Messiah. Are they going to share about the fact that, hey, every single one has sinned? Are they going to share about Romans 3? You know, speaking about, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then sharing about the redemption message through Jesus Christ. 
So we can't just simply use it as an excuse to say, ah, they've probably heard before. We need to speak up about who Jesus is. If we love Jesus, we want to share about Jesus. If we love, you know, like I just got married. If I love my wife, I'm going to share about my wife. If I'm speaking to someone, I'm going to be quite happy to share about my wife and to talk about her. Just as we should be happy to talk about Jesus Christ. He has saved us from our sin. We should be more than happy to share that with other people. If we've just been cured of a supposedly incurable disease, then we're going to want to share about that. We're not going to want to hide it under the rug. We're not going to want to be ashamed of it. And so likewise, we need to be sharing who Jesus is to us. We need to be willing to be bold and to actually share of Jesus Christ with people. And we can't just simply share about Jesus. Sharing is fantastic, but it needs to be coupled with living in a certain way. We can't live like the world and then speak of Jesus because that's going to give a very different message to the one that God wants us to be giving. We need to be sharing the message of, I'm speaking about Jesus and this is who he is and what he has done for me. And this is how he has impacted me. This is the testimony of my life. Not just my words that have no backing behind it, but these are the words and this is the backing. This, this is my life. We have to be Christians. We have to be little Christs. We have to be the people that others can look at and say, that's different. There's something different about that. That's, you speak about, you know, all these things in the Bible, but I see you're kind of living those things, you know? I see that, you know, you don't do this, or I see that you always do this. It's living in a manner that is going to glorify God, and living in a manner that others look at and say, that's a little bit like this Jesus that you speak of. We need to show the love of Christ in the world, to be the salt and the light, the shine God in this dark world that we live in. Matthew 5 verses 13 through 16 says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is it if salt has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand, where it gives off light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And it's that last bit as well, that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. They aren't, we aren't doing these things for us to look really good, but we're doing these things in order to point to Jesus Christ, in order to point to who he is. We belong to God. We're his children. So we should act as his children and point to him. I remember when I would uh, go to my friend's houses and my friend's parents would obviously be there, hopefully, most of the time when we were especially young. And how I acted reflected on my parents. And my parents afterwards would say, how was Tom? And hopefully they would get a glowing report of Tom was great, oh... You know, and it was because I was at someone else's house, obviously, that I was really well behaved because uh, I wasn't always that well behaved at home. But um, that it would then be a reflection on my parents of 
their parenting, of how they've been raising me. If I had been there, like, doing this, that, this, that, and whatever, making their house horrible, they'd be like, oh, wow, uh, you know, how was Tom? <sighs> well, uh, he, he's something else. Yep, he, he, he's, yep, yep. You know, not really quite knowing how to say it for some parents. Some parents would just outright uh, said it, you know, of some of the parents of some of my friends that are quite happily just said, no, Tom was a tearaway. Tom wrecked my whole house. And, um, but the majority of the time, I was good when I went to my friends' houses. And that reflected well on my parents. That my parents would get told, you've done such a great job. Well done with Tom. Ah, oh, he was really great. And my parents are then blessed by that. And that is a powerful witness to my parents, of who my parents are, how I acted. And likewise, when we're in the world, we're a powerful witness to who Jesus Christ is. If we're going to be Christ's ambassadors in the world, if we're going to be sharing about Jesus, if we're going to be saying, hey, I'm a Christian, then we better be living like ones. We better be living as children of God. We better be living as people that can actually be a good witness to who God is. That when we say, yeah, Jesus Christ changed me, the other people can look at look at that and say, he definitely changed you for the better. The other people can look at that and say, hey, I want to know who this Jesus is. Because this Jesus that I'm seeing lived out in your life is different from the one that you know, I grew up hearing, you know, that's the sort of story that you might get at times when you're living in a manner that is trying to please the Lord. So how we live is going to also be a powerful witness of who Jesus Christ is, of who God is. And that should then glorify him. It shouldn't be just for us, like, hey, you're really good. I really like you. Yeah, you're, you're great. But no, it should be us being able to reflect and turn that back to the Lord to say, it's all the Lord. And for God to get the glory in those things. For that to be a moment where we can say, hey, that was totally the Lord because I used to do this, but the Lord really helped me with this. You know, whatever it is. So then we can use that in order to glorify him. So that then others want to know, who God is. They want to know him as they see how we love God by our words and by our actions so that we can then reveal God as we look towards Christ as that great example of ours, as we look to uh, be strengthened by his spirit, as we read his word, as we walk in that discipleship, being discipled by the Lord, by his spirit, by his word, and as we try and walk in obedience to what he's teaching us. Um, we're going to leave it there and we're going to pick up in verse 11 next week, but we'll just pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness and for your kindness. And uh, we pray that you'd help us to uh, be the salt and light of the world. We pray that you'd help us to honor and to glorify you with our lives. We ask that you would uh, continue to um, teach us as we... Um, sit under your teaching. We pray that you'd continue to remind us um, that you'd help us to have the self-discipline to uh, read your word, to spend time with you, 
to spend time in prayer, to spend time reading through your word, and to study it. Not just simply as a tick box exercise, but uh, to actually desire to spend time with you because we love you, Lord, and we want to we wanna honor you with our lives. So we just ask for your help, and uh, we praise you and we thank you for your goodness and for your kindness to us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.